Welcome to the third episode of Kai Who Reads, a book podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Published in 1980 by Penguin Random House, Cosmos was written to go with the television documentary of the same name. The show did tremendously well. It was seen by 500 million people across 60 different countries. I have never seen the show myself. After reading this book, I'm very interested in watching it. The book Cosmos was the first ever best-selling science book in the English language. It was also the first science book to sell half a million copies. It spent 50 weeks on the publisher weekly bestsellers list and 70 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. Surely I don't have to tell you guys that that is impressive feat. Cosmos had sold about 5 million copies. Wow. The author Carl Sagan was born in the year 1934 on November 9th. He has written more than 20 books. Among them was a science fiction called Contact, which was later adapted into a movie in the year 1997, a year after Sagan's death. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis, also known for directing movies like Forrest Gump, Back to the Future trilogy, Cast Away, Polar Express, and much more. The movie starred Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. It was also nominated for an Academy Award. Carl Sagan has won a Pulitzer Prize for general non-fiction for his book The Dragons of Eden. He also received for his television show Cosmos a Personal Voyage, two Emmy Awards, the Peabody Award, and the Hugo Award. Apart from being an excellent author, Carl Sagan is also an astronomer, astrophysicist, planetary scientist, cosmologist, astrobiologist, a science communicator, whatever that means. and he was also an associate professor at Harvard University and then at Cornell this man is very well educated very smart and very qualified to talk to you about our universe neil degrasse tyson was inspired by him that's got to stand for something he even wrote a foreword for a later edition of this book so without any further delay let's get into this episode This episode is going to be a bit different than my other episodes. So far I've only talked about fictional books. Cosmos is a non-fiction science book. There's no plot here that I can just tell you guys all about. So I've decided to just talk about some of the things that Carl Sagan said in this book and give you guys my opinion. I'm in no way similar to Carl Sagan, so this episode is mostly going to be ramblings of a 21-year-old villager about space. which to be honest if i were you i would be interested in listening this is actually the second science book that i read for pleasure well pleasure is a strong word to use when it comes to science books so let's just say it was the second science book that i read knowing that i wouldn't have to write a paper on it the first science book uh, i read was a brief history of time by stephen hawking which surpassed cosmos in the most selling science book in the english language i did read half of it and learned quite a bit about black holes and wormholes but i didn't finish it i dnf'd it i'm sorry to anyone i'm offending right now but it just became extremely boring i also read the immortals uh, the immortal life of henrietta lacks but i don't know if it should stand amongst books like a brief history of time and cosmos 
I mean, it does have a science aspect to it, but it's also a biography. I did love that book though. It was very illuminating to learn about this woman I have never heard of before, but was impacted by. Henrietta Lacks, those who don't know, was this African-American woman from Virginia. She died of cancer and her cells were taken without her consent by doctors to make the polio vaccine. But not just that, her cells are used even now for medical research purposes to study the growth of cancer cells without experimenting on humans. But her family wasn't aware that a part of her was still alive all, all over the world and have contributed so much to life. They didn't know this for many years. So a few years ago, they sued the hospital and the doctors for ownership of her cells and for compensation. Rightly so, in my opinion, because this family is not privileged. They suffered while doctors who couldn't do anything about polio without Henrietta Lacks' cells grew rich after they got her cells. Anyway, I finished listening to the Cosmos audiobook a few days ago, but, well, I uh, was asleep for most of it. I don't have much experience with audiobooks. I probably... <laughs> I have probably listened to three audiobooks um, in my life. I listened to The Secret Garden, but that was fun because it was a dramatization. Dramatized audiobooks are always very fun to listen to. I also listened to Codename Verity, but I had to DNF it because I wasn't able to focus on the story. I listened to Becoming by Michelle Obama. It was difficult to focus at parts, but I re-listened several of the chapters and I got most of it. Oh, by the way, if you guys didn't know, Michelle Obama knows who I am. I shared her podcast on my Instagram stories and she saw it. When I saw her name in there, I was jumping around in shock in the middle of the night. Just imagine a 6 foot 1 inch overweight Indian guy jumping in his room because the former first lady of the United States of America saw his story. One of the most influential people an icon, a role model for not just black children in America, but black children all around the world. A role model and advocate for women all around the world. <sighs> she saw my story about her. I was just... I have no other memories where I was that shocked. It definitely was one of the best days of my life. I listened to her audiobook uh, at the beginning of this year, so it has been some time since I listened... Uh, to an audiobook. I never found audiobooks appealing. Okay, I, I can understand when some people drive, uh, they love listening to it. But I don't drive. I don't even walk. I take public transport. And because of COVID, I haven't even been doing that. So every time I pressed play to Cosmos audiobook, I simply fell asleep after a while. How could you expect me to stay up for so long? One chapter of that book is like one hour. And LeVar Burton, the actor who narrated, his voice is so soothing. How can anyone stay up? If I was driving listening to him reading about space and the speed of light and evolution, I would fall asleep on the wheel. I can understand people staying awake listening to me because my voice is very annoying. So if you're one of those people who listen to podcasts to fall asleep like me, you wouldn't be able to if you were listening to me. I would be shocked if you did. Dramatized audiobooks are the only type of audiobooks that I like because they are fun. 
but after I finish them, I don't feel like I finished the book. I feel like I finished the movie, a seven to eight hours long movie. But I got through Cosmos, even though it was difficult and I was asleep. I got through it. I wouldn't say I finished it. That would indicate that I know what was talked about in the book. That I would know the explanations that were given. But that is not the case. I got through it. Would be the correct way to tell you guys about my experience with this book. It was difficult, but it's done. Let's take a little break, and when we return, I'm going to talk about a few of the topics uh, in in the book. From the book, I can't speak English. Okay, <laughs> bye. I think it's important to mention that I actually have a background in science. After I graduated from tenth grade, my interests were in arts, but I live in a strict conservative Indian family, so naturally I chose science. And in science, I chose PCMB, which means physics, chemistry, mathematics, and biology. I had the option of doing either biology or maths, but I chose to do both because a I'm a chutia, which means I'm a dumb fuck, and b my family wanted me to give the entrance exam for both engineering and medical. They thought that their son, who scored the lowest in science and maths in his tenth exam, can beat thousands and lakhs of students in those two subjects. I don't know what weed they were smoking, but I want it. So going into this book, I knew a little bit about science and maths. Not that it mattered, but still. So if you are someone who doesn't know anything about science or mathematics, if you don't even know what gravity or extraterrestrial mean. Don't worry. Even if you did, you wouldn't be able to keep up. So go ahead and read this book. But please, for the love of God, don't listen to the audio book while you drive. Your consciousness will slip away. The car, with its mass, speed, and momentum, will collide with an object with extreme force that will be met with an equal and opposite reaction, and will in turn completely wreck the car and kill or gravely injure you. Are you impressed by my science? Hmm. Okay, let's first talk about aliens. But if talking about the universe or extraterrestrial triggers you, uh, triggers your anxiety, I would ask you to stop listening to this podcast, this episode right now. Carl Sagan was passionate when it came to life beyond Earth and the contact between us, humans and aliens. His science fiction book was about that. Carl Sagan actually helped send stuff in space hoping that someday in the future it will find its way to some sort of advanced extraterrestrial life by stuff i mean uh, music and photos he doesn't think aliens would look like anything that like anything they depict in the movies in my personal opinion i think they may look like nothing we could ever imagine we have nothing to compare some might say we can compare them to humans but humans we look this way because of evolution on this planet aliens we have to remember are a life form from some other planet we don't even know about we don't know their chemical composition we don't know the gases that are there uh, the percentage of gases that are there we don't know anything about that so life there will be completely different so they can look like anything anything at all we just don't know we will never know until we come face to face with one 
speaking of which I don't think that will be very far away now because four months ago the US Pentagon released videos of UFOs captured on camera by Navy pilots these videos were already up on the internet because and this is one of the craziest things about all of this these videos were leaked by a company that is owned by the Blink-182 guitarist Tom DeLonge. I saw these videos before the Pentagon released it, as I'm sure many did. But when Pentagon actually Pentagon, <laughs> but when Pentagon actually confirmed it, this news didn't really make much of a ripple. But you have to understand they did it in 2020, so people had already seen some shit. And nothing was surprising anymore. But it's still surprising how no one gave a shit. At least it is surprising to me. The Pentagon isn't calling it UFOs though. They are calling it Unidentified Aerial Phenomena or UAP. They should have called it WAP. We all saw the videos. We know it's UFOs. But recently something else happened as well. And something that we need to talk about. And it's, it happened on a planet that is very close to us. Venus. Now, Venus is a planet covered entirely in clouds. Its surface is too hot. Recently, astronomers detected a type of gas called phosphine in Venus's atmosphere. It's a gas that is smelly, it's found on Earth as well, and it kills anything that breathes oxygen. However, that doesn't mean that there couldn't be life. The detection of phosphine indicates that there might be microbial life in Venus that there might be bacteria in Venus's clouds. If these astronomers are right, we can conclusively say that there is life beyond Earth. I honestly can't believe that there are still people who think that, they are, that we are the only life form on the universe. The universe is ever expanding. We can't even say how big it is. Humans have only set foot in the moon. And yes, I believe in the moon landing. But there is infinite to cover. To think that we might be the only life form is, in my opinion, egotistical. Carl Sagan wrote in this book, The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. And I think that should sum it up pretty well. Cosmos is not just a book about space, it's also a book about the Earth. Carl Sagan speaks about this scholar from ancient Greece, Ptolemy. He was a mathematician, astronomer, geographer and astrologer. He believed that the Earth is the center of the universe. He was wrong about that, but there were many things he was right about. One of which was that the Earth is actually a sphere. Very few scholars were saying that at the time. Ptolemy was one of the first. And there are people still who believe that the Earth is actually flat. Like, why? These guys are dumber than people from the ancient Greek. Imagine someone telling Ptolemy or Pythagoras that there will be people in the future who would still think that Earth is flat after it has been proven that it's not. The world will never get rid of conspiracy theories and dumb people. Well, actually, they're both the same. Ptolemy, being an astronomer, was also an astrologer. Uh, it's not something you would see nowadays. He was one of the first ones to give a horoscope reading. I'm not a big astrology fan, I like to play along, but I think people see what they want to see and they choose to believe it. Carl Sagan actually gave a very smart, uh, smart example that completely derails the concept of astrology. He said that, imagine two siblings, twin, twin born. Uh, 
born within minutes of each other. They meet with an accident. One of them dies, the other survives. Why then two persons both born within minutes of each other have such different futures? You know, no one can give an answer to that. Let's read my horoscope for today, shall we? An online prayer or meditation group could meet tonight, Libra, and you may get carried away with the spiritual dimensions these meditations take on. You feel comfortable with the group in this. You feel comfortable with the people in this group, and you're grateful for the friendship and support they provide. Be with this feeling tonight and try to hang on to it for as long as you can. It can help you through some rough times. This is according to horoscope.com anyway. Uh, it's 11.39 p.m. right now, which means the day has ended. And I can truthfully say that I didn't meet with any online prayer or meditation group tonight. I did have a little bit of chat with a book club that I just joined, but nothing about meditation or praying. And I don't feel comfortable enough with them yet, so this horoscope is very wrong. However, people who actually believe in astrology will say, Oh, but you did meet with a group. I had conversation via text to a group, yes. But not the group the astrologers mentioned. So why are you still clinging on to that hope? Why are you still trying to believe something you know is wrong in your heart? It's something to think about. I'm going to end this episode here because I'm very sleepy and if I keep speaking, I will not make any sense. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you follow us and share this podcast with your friends. Join us again this Monday to listen to me talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix with a friend. My name is Juma Khan and you've been listening to Guy Who Reads, a book podcast.